Blog Talk Radio. Hello? Yeah, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. Okay. This legal way off? Yeah, Leroy? No, it's Jeff. Yeah, I, I can't hear Leroy. Can you? Neither can I. I can't hear Leroy either. I, I sent him a message and told him there was no sound. Can you hear me now? I think we restarted the show. Okay. Yeah, I can hear you now. I can, we can hear you now. Okay, let's just go. We'll start off with the show starting now again. And sorry to the listeners for whatever uh, technical difficulty that we had with Blog Talk Radio. Typically, we start the show and and it goes off without a glitch. But something happened here this evening. We were in the queue, several, you know, all three of us prior to the show starting, and then for some reason it just didn't start. We didn't get our uh, announcement queue in. So. And then you couldn't hear us. So let's just start over. 
um, you know, having said all of that, welcome to this evening's Working for a Living radio show on Blog Talk Radio, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight, we are joined by co-hosts Jeff Brown and David Fillion. I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. We certainly hope that everyone stayed safe and enjoyed this past week. We have a few announcements, eight of them. Let me go through them real quick. October is National Breast Cancer Awareness Month. No one should face breast cancer alone, for that matter, any type of cancer. We have a number of close friends of the team that are now struggling with that. So uh, Team Working for a Living sends our thoughts and prayers out to any and all who have had this horrible disease. Second announcement, Hurricane Matthew caused a lot of damage, injuries, and deaths. Team Working for a Living sends our prayers to those affected. Let's have a moment of silence for those folks. Thank you. Uh, third, the Honeywell workers remained locked out of the plant by management. We'll have more on that in, later in the show. Fourth, uh, UPS is hiring uh, for seasonal work. Remember that 37% of those seasonal workers that get hired will eventually get hired full-time. So this is a great way to enter a union uh, company you know, where the UPS is union company. So you get the opportunity to work for a union and get decent wages. They pay pretty well there. So if you're looking for work, there's something for you to consider. Uh, number five, remember to participate in the Working for a Living write-in campaign to the U.S. Senate to oppose the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Instructions for doing so are on the Working for a Living Facebook page. Number six, Working for a Living continues to support Unifor as they now negotiate with FCA Chrysler for a fair agreement. More on uh, later on in the show about that matter. Uh, seven, unfortunately, last week about 12,500 retired coal workers received a letter saying that they will lose their health care benefits on December 31st without congressional action. So Congress... Take a look at this and fix it. Uh, the eighth announcement that we have this evening, uh, we want to be clear that Team Working for a Living in no way promotes or condones any member in any way turning in their union card at all. If you do not have a union card, you are subject to all manner of laws that affect you very negatively. Um, so consider that as you <laughs> ever consider turning your card in. We, we do not support that here at all. Uh, going on, uh, the email and comments this evening. Uh, we had one email come in. Uh, Hurricane Matthew has caused it to be a rough week here in Florida. We, had, we have had evacuations, flooding, injuries, and loss of life in the Atlantic states. Though we are resilient and will recover as soon as possible. That's from Herb down in Florida. I appreciate that, Herb. Thanks a lot. Nice to hear from you again. Uh, next up, uh, we have uh, the uh, uh, statement that I like to read from Aristotle. It's a uh, quote from him. Uh, a problem defined is a problem half solved. You, you identify something and you can you know, really begin to work towards fixing it. So that's, that's something everybody should keep in mind as you go through your daily lives. Uh, it's something, uh, you know, I, I try to employ myself, by the way. So uh, let's bring on the co-hosts. Jeff, are you there? Yeah, how you doing, Leroy? Can you hear me? Better now. That, yeah, I can hear you. We're better now that the show seems to be working better. Okay. Uh, let's bring on David. David Fillion, are you there? Yep, I am. Okay, we have Jeff Brown hey, and David Fillion with us this evening. Yeah, so. yeah, Jeff and I already um, said hi to each other earlier. Okay, all right. So, uh, I'm not sure what was going on. Nobody could hear me, so but uh, we're working working well now. It appears. Uh, let's. Uh, Jeff is ready to uh, give his report. I think everybody will enjoy this. It is timely, and uh, it does affect the auto industry quite well, quite a bit, actually. So, uh, Jeff, you want to take take that away and give your report on that tonight? 
Yeah, um, for those of you who don't know, I work at the Ford Flat Rock Assembly Plant, home of the Mustang. Um, we were scheduled to be uh, a layoff week for the week of October 17th, um, subsequently. And I think all that was due to us ramping up and getting the equipment ready to make the Lincoln Cotton out. And that's a really nice part. If you ever need to look at it, it's a beautiful vehicle. But due to Hurricane Matthew, um, they moved to layoff week or non-production week starting tomorrow. Because we have some suppliers down there in South Carolina that are getting hit pretty hard by Hurricane Matthew. And we know it's going to slow that production down there. And... Um, they decided just to move the week up due to the hurricane. Um, I will be working a little bit. Um, not a whole lot of people are going to work this week, but I am one of them. Uh, so I'm still with unemployment. Uh, so a lot, of, a lot of plants will probably be doing the same thing um, because of the hurricane. Um, Seems like there's something going on, railroad strike or whatever. Uh, it affects the D3. Uh, but, you know, it's part of life. We've been running short shifts since the end of July. And there's sometimes we get phone calls from the plant, solo calls, telling us just to stay home because they don't have no cars. Um, and I understand Dearborn plant is no longer working overtime. So I don't think that has to do with anything with Hurricane Matthew, but I thought for with those people we hope their their companies are okay and they can report to work and make the parts for my plant. Um, we wish everybody the best of luck down there in South Carolina, Florida Everybody being caught by this hurricane. So that's about all I got, Leroy. It's one of those things that can't do nothing about. We just have to go with the flow and move on. And that's what we're going to be doing at Flat Rock. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, David, do you have any comments on Jeff's report? Um, no. No. Um be getting an early week off. Workers can enjoy that. Um, okay. Hate yeah, to see the loss yeah, of life we, in Florida. We all of us hate to see any destruction and loss of life that's going on down there, and it it affects the whole country. You know, as Jeff just indicated. So, well, thank you for your report, Jeff. Very, very nice. Uh, David, you have a report. Uh, you, you'd like to go forward with that now? Yeah, um, I would like to uh, start with uh, language um, that was in the uh, 2012 um, Ford contract in regards to health care. Um, I'm going to read this language as I have it. Um, during the 2012 negotiations, the union and the company agreed that a health care trust may be established to provide retiree health care benefits for employees hired on or after September 24, 2012. The company will make specified hourly contributions towards such retiree health care, beginning only after a new hire has grown into the full current hourly rate. Contributions will be phased in over a number of years to be agreed to by the union and the company to a maximum of $1 per compensated hour up to 280 hours, 2,080 hours, excuse me, per year. Such employee will receive no health care benefits, e.g. hospital, surgical, medical, drug, dental, vision, hearing, hearing aid, um, pharmaceutical, extended health care services, and provincial medical from the company. 
coverage will be maintained by the company under the group life insurance optional dependent life insurance and the dependent scholarship programs where applicable. The mechanisms and details of how the retiree health care contributions will be administered will be agreed to by the union and the company before the first contribution comes into effect. And these defined LOE contributions, there will be no liability incurred by the company for retiree health benefits for these, re- these employees. The parties agree that tax implications to the company will be considered when determining the process by which the health care contributions are made. Uh, keeping in mind that uh, uh, most contracts are uh, uh, pattern bargained, uh, I don't know because I can't read the GM language, but if this was agreed to um, by Ford in uh, 2012 and it was a pattern agreement, we already have an agreement now with uh, um, GM in Canada. Uh, and as everybody knows, uh, there's a real problem there. Um, they just reset the grow-in for all new members. at 10 years to get to the top rate. That means all these people start over. And this trust spoke of in this language won't even begin until the first one of them is credited. Um, and that first payment won't be for 10 years unless something changes between now and then. Um, so that's some uh, food for thought. Um, GM employees already bought it, so they own it. Um, in regards to uh, FCA, um, they'll be uh, voting on their contract Monday. Uh, or, well, they won't be voting on it Monday, but they'll have a 11.59 p.m. strike deadline. Um, we'll see uh, what happens if they uh, come to an agreement before that time period. Um down in uh, the uh, FCA um, facility in uh, Canada, um, the uh, bargaining um, party there, um, he isn't very happy with uh, Dave Thomas, the president of Local 707, which represents 5,000 hourly workers at Ford's Oakville Assembly Plant. Um, he um, he's frustrated with Thomas's comments and defended the GM contract. Giotto is their um, bargaining um, representative at FCA, and uh, so he is basically saying that uh, when uh, the Oakville Ford plant in 2012, when they led pattern bargaining. They established um, the 10-year grid and uh, received big investment that hired 2,200 employees. So it's easy to call criticism when they are receiving um, and at the receiving end of an an investment. Um, However, um, Jato does say that... uh, the final decision um, on the contract will be made by its numbers, but he is not in, he is not in agreement with uh, um, Thomas from uh, 707. Um, it's my feelings he should stay in solidarity with him. But, uh, that is the gist of that, Leroy. Okay. Jeff, do you have any comments on David's report? No, I did a good job. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Uh, I would add uh, that uh, tomorrow, October 10th, is uh, Canadian Thanksgiving Day. So we wish our brothers and sisters up in Canada a happy Thanksgiving. Having said that, uh, this this yeah this uh, uh, letter that went out to the Ford 
uh, arm of the Detroit Three. And let's remind everybody that GM has negotiated and ratified an agreement. FCA slash Chrysler is in the process of it, just as David just indicated, and Ford is yet to come. And typically you have pattern bargaining. And uh, to reiterate what David said, they uh, have reset the grow in uh, to zero. So somebody that hired in in 2012 or subsequent to September 25th of 2012 uh, would have about four years now. So they reset the grow in. That's 10 years from now. So that's 14. So for their health care, the corporation will have a total liability of 16 years at up to a dollar per hour. Uh, only 16 years. Now, in Canada, they have nationalized health care, but there are some copays and things of that nature. But they don't get dental and vision until they're 80 years old. So that's what this would pay for some of the copays and their dental and vision. Uh, it remains to be seen if 16 years worth of money is going to cover that for them. But the corporation has been relieved from their obligation by and through this letter for health care for these young people retiring uh, in 26 years from now or subsequent to that. So just just know this isn't the best of languages. You know, you'd like to think that they'd start this off, you know, from the time that they actually initiated this letter, even if it was a, uh, a you know, you know, a, a dime a year for the next, you know, year or two, and then go up a dime until they get to a a dollar in ten years. Start putting some money in it now, and I guess that letter did speak to that, that they'll come up mutually uh, with the plan, but it doesn't seem as though this trust even needs to ex exist for another 10 years, in which time these people will have 14 years in of service. And I don't know how you reset seniority, but I guess they did. The growing period, that is. Uh, so thank you, David. You did a nice job on that, and uh, hope you... Uh, uh, don't mind me elaborating on some of the health care issues up there. I do have a friend that lives there, and so I have some personal knowledge of that up there. So, but, uh, Having said that, uh, let me go forward with the report that, that I have. Uh, and We're going to talk tonight about uh, Local Union 9 uh, in South Bend, Indiana. They had a rally on Wednesday the 5th of October. Dennis Williams was there at 11 a.m. for the rally. It started at 5. Somehow he decided he was going to go early. And uh, he was there. From all that we can garner from what happened there. And from the picture, it looks to be about 70 people in the photograph. They reported about 150 there of the 300 members that actually worked there. The president of the United Auto Workers attended a rally and could only get 70 people to show up. That is deplorable. I cannot believe that the president of the UAW in a locked-out worker situation in Indiana, South Bend, could not call the regional directors within 200 miles, anybody there, and have buses of brothers and sisters, retired and active, going to that rally to support those poor people locked out. The president of the UAW, and we'll even go with their numbers, 150 people, it's four buses at best, you know, three plus a little bit. That's incredible that people aren't following him any more than that. I guess it speaks to how he can now commands the membership. He has lost command of the membership from all apparent appearances. So... Having said that about Local Union 9, uh, Local Union 2250, a little update on them. 
uh, it appears as though uh, they are going to revote on the exact same contract language because they said there was low turnout. Uh, and the vote is going to be on October 20th, uh, and, you know, about 11 days from now. I, in my recollection, cannot remember any revote on the exact same agreement. They've always changed them, even though if they changed them, <laughs> it was the same agreement, only some different words, they still changed them. I'm not sure if that's even uh, kosher with the National Labor Relations Act, but they're going to do it. I would remind everybody about Article 19, Section 1, about anybody interfering uh, in the uh, process. And also I remind Section 7 and Section 8, Protected Union Activity of the National Labor Relations Act and Unfair uh, Labor Practice. An unfair labor practice is not only by management, but if the union does intimidation, threatening, and coercion, they can be held up for unfair labor practice as well. Isn't that sad that we even have to say that about our own union? But it's occurred in the recent past. So we would just remind everybody to play nice there. These are good, hard-working people. They deserve the very best agreement they can get. We talked about some of the things that they've been complaining about last week on the show, and it's unfortunate that they have not addressed those before they ask the people to take a look at it again. They're not liking this pushback. Okay, moving on, I want to talk about uh, Local Union 5810, the uh, graduate assistants out of the University of California. They apparently have an agreement in their, uh, lo their local union agreement, and they're going to have informational meetings uh, starting tomorrow, Monday, October 10th. Okay, now at the uh, Lawrence Berkeley Lab locations, the informational meeting will be in Building 66 Auditorium Monday the 10th from 12 to 1. Uh, on uh, This would be outside the Building 59 cafeteria. There's going to be an information table on Tuesday the 11th from 11.30 to 1.30 p.m. There will be an informational meeting at the JGI Building 310, room 345CR26, Wednesday, uh, October 12th from 12 to 1. And another informational meeting, and these are all for the Lawrence Berkeley Lab location. And this is going to be for at the JBEI Seminar Room A, and this is on Thursday the 13th from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, then on uh, at the UC University of California contract informational meetings at their these campuses, okay, Berkeley, Davis, Irvine, well, Berkeley and Davis uh, will be in Hello? You there, Jim? Can you hear me? Or Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we Okay. Okay. Uh, Berkeley, uh, this is at the uh, uh, Tan Hall Room 775A. Uh, that's at noon. Uh, Dave, Davis, Loc or Davis Campus will be at the Physics Room uh, 432 at noon. Irvine Campus, Natural Sciences 2, room 4206, that's at noon on the 11th, okay. Uh, at the Los Angeles Campus uh, on the 10th, it'll be 11 a.m. Biomedical Sciences Research Building, room 154, that's at 11 a.m. there. Uh, 
the Merced, M-E-R-C-E-D, camp, campus will be at 415 on Monday, Science and Engineering 2, SC2, room 290. Riverside uh, will be at noon on Monday, Bachelor Hall, room 2158. Santa Barbara, to be determined, Santa Cruz on the 12th at 3 p.m., Sinsheimer, room to be determined. Uh, that's the Sinsheimer building, room to be determined. At San Diego campus at noon, Price Center, Eleanor Roosevelt room. San Francisco, Mission Bay uh, at noon on the 10th. The last uh, San Diego was on the 10th as well. Uh, and that will be the Diller Main Auditorium HD 160 on the ground level. And San Francisco... Parnassus, uh, be on the 10th at 4.30 p.m. Kalamanovitz Library room Rooms, CL215 and CL216. Uh, you can find these at the top. They're pinned at the top, this, this uh, article uh, of Working for a Living uh, Facebook page. So you can find those there. Uh, join the page if you're not already a member, and you can look at them. Um, so we have that available for you. That uh, seems to be pretty broad. We wanted to report that for the graduate assistant uh, members out there in California, U University of California, and the Lawrence Berkeley Lab, all part of Local Union 5810. You can get more information from them at their email address, UAW5810 at UAW5810.org. Um, one last thing that I have to report on. I hope everybody's hearing me. I'm not sure what's going on. Uh, Jeff, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, thank you. I, I just wanted to make sure because it seemed to be some problem for whatever reason. Uh, anyhow, uh, one last thing that I'm going to report on this evening, and then I'll ask for comments from uh, brothers Dave and Jeff on my report. Uh, it seems as though... <laughs> The building trades is having an awful lot of trouble keeping elected officials that labor gets elected, almost uh, exclusively labor gets them elected, uh, in line with trying to keep prevailing wage jobs and union jobs conducting contract work. There's a Michigan State University building that's being constructed now, and I've been in con uh, conversation with the building trades over this issue. Uh, and this building is a nice building. It's just west of the very famous uh, uh, basketball center, the Breslin Center that's here in Michigan State University. And it's, a you know, for housing and main level retail and some parking. The parking, for example, or well, the the, uh, the superstructure, for example, was put up by union iron workers, all the steel. But all the decking, typically done by iron workers, was done by non-union scabs. This, these contracts were allocated by and through Michigan State University. Now, our problem is there's a majority of friendly Democrats on the Michigan State University trust, Board of Trustees. And they have absolute control over what goes on at that university. And I gotta tell you, brothers and sisters and listeners across the land, that when we get supposed friendly people elected and then they don't do their job in protecting us, the job that we asked them to do when we got them elected, it's hard for us to go to our membership and ask them to continue to vote for people we deem as friendly that turn out not to be so friendly. Building trades are quite angry about this. Any trade unionists also ought to be quite angry that people we elected, we went out of our way at convention to get them nominated. Here in Michigan, the Labor Caucus controls the Democratic Convention floor at the state level 
by a wide margin, and that's where these nominations are done, and then a lot of hard work goes to get the people elected after the fact that they're nominated. They wouldn't be nominated but if it wasn't for the Labor Caucus. It's simply that simple. And here they are, thumbing their nose at us, giving work to scabs. I'm not happy about it. I've spoken to our team about it, and they're not happy about it. I know the building trades aren't happy about it. Maybe Dennis Williams doesn't give a shit down there at Solidarity House, but we do. And that's why you're going to be replaced pretty soon. And maybe some of those some of those elected officials might be looking for a new place to go get elected at. That's my opinion. So having said that, that's the four elements of my report. Uh, I'll start with Jeff. Do you have any comments on my report? No, it's, you know exactly right. We gotta, you know, if they want these candidates want our support, either by campaigning for them or donating money toward their campaign, they better start working for the people who are voting them in, and um, not just a localized thing, just the whole country, Congress that. Um, don't listen to nobody but the uh, lobbyists. So I agree with you. Everybody, they they got to start paying attention to who they really work for um, and what their jobs actually uh, are listed at. So I, I agree with you. Better wake up. Better wake up fast. So I got me up. Okay, thank you, Jeff. Anything else on the other other items? Um, not on the other items, but uh, before the show started, um, Art Peters had called me. He's okay. listening in. He can't call in. Um, he's okay. asking uh, the other UAW locals for their language on how to, their local runs the election. Basically, that should be in your local bylaws. If you grab a whole set of those and put them on our page or send them to us, please do so. We're trying to help Brother Peterson out. Um, another thing that I am against is the CFL-CIO president, Trump's um, his position on the pipeline today, Coda. Uh, he's on the wrong side of history here. He should be backing the protesters to stop that pipeline from going to, uh, um, I guess, amazed that he's position he took. Um, my gut is telling me, why do we keep screwing over the um, Native Americans? like we have since 1492. Um, I do know there are a lot of cities across the U.S. that are now renaming Columbus Day to Indigenous Native Day. Um, For those who don't know, Columbus was a slave trader, a murderer, a pirate, and he... um, Both kids at a sex place. So why should we be honoring his birthday or whatever when he's a, such a bad character who does all this? You know, I I think we should change the name of Columbus Day to exactly what um, East Lansing did, Traverse City, Oklahoma City, uh, to rename that day. Um, uh, what, what, what we've done to the Native yeah. Indians is despicable. Um, it's, I just, it just makes it mad as hell to, to, to 
hear all this and see what's going on and what has happened that they don't teach in schools. And I keep telling my younger cousins who are just graduating school, high school, forget everything they taught in about history at your school year. This is all a lie. Ninety percent is all a lie. Um, I just have strong feelings for this. We we should really change Mammoth Columbus Day. We shouldn't honor a guy who who did all these atrocities to the Native Americans. Um, so that's about all I got, Leroy. I just I had to shake my head. Um, as far as my plant, um, the company was wanting to change the night shift start time from 5.30 to 4 o'clock in the afternoon. After a lot of complaining by the membership, our chairman stood strong and finally got the company to cancel that and remain start time at 5.30. So my hat is off to the Flat Rock UAW chairman. He's done a good job. And um, I hope he's listening. Um, so thanks again, Larry, for the job you're doing for your membership. That's all I got, Leroy. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate that report on your chairman. You seem to think he's doing a good job for you. So if you seem to think it, I believe that's true. So because you're pretty uh, adamant about doing the right thing. So um, right, he's doing the right uh, thing. Right on the issue of Art Peterson, who has this appeal at the Public Review Board. Uh, if your local union has ratification, I'm going to try and just reiterate what Jeff said. If it has ratification policies and procedures at the local union level, in particular, if you use your election committee to conduct your ratification procedure or any other formalized ratification election procedure, at your local union, please get that unless you have a local union established policy for ratification votes. You may get that to us by coming on to the Working for a Living Facebook page. We have a an email at working. This is working for a living at workingforaliving.com. Please get this to that to to us or to Art Peterson. He has a Facebook page. You may may or may not know him personally, but he does have a Facebook page. You can get that to either us or him because he is really looking for this sort of information right now, and he's on a time deadline. So please get that to him as soon as possible or to us so that we can get it to him as soon as possible. And we thank you for your uh, help in this matter. So it's very important that he gets this information. Any local union. Thank you very much, brothers and sisters of UAW, on this matter. Uh, having said that, you know, I mean, the, the the Indian issue is just deplorable, Jeff. I agree. Uh, you know, these are cemeteries, sacred grounds that they're putting this pipeline through. And there's another alternative route that they could take. And it's reasonably cost-effective. It's not much different. Why don't you just do that? You know, nobody wants to put any of the building trades out of work, but there's other ways of doing things from time to time. So having said that, um, let me get with David and see if David's got anything on my report or whatever uh, Jeff covered there. Uh, if you have anything on whatever Jeff covered, feel free to jump in there, David, and, and uh, give us your thoughts on those. Um, in regards to uh, these uh, buildings um, being built at uh, MSU, you spoke of a board um, that the Democrats sit on. Um, is Brandon Dillon um, the chair? 
one of the members of that board, do you know? I do not think he is. I think he's precluded from holding that any one of those offices. Brandon Dillon, the, um, uh, he's the chair of the Democratic State Party here in Michigan. And uh, he, uh, you know, when I was chair of the county, I couldn't hold any elected official office. In fact, uh, I, I ascended to office because the chair had to resign that was running for office. Uh, after three or four months of, of that uh, chair's term, so uh, they're they're really not allowed to. Uh, don't really want to get into names other than than what you just brought up, uh, because this is a sensitive issue, and you know we don't want to be throwing them under the bus publicly just yet. But they know who they are, and if you really take the time to look them up, they know you can find out who they are. But uh, Brandon Dillon's not one of them, to my knowledge, David. I spent a day on a picket line with uh, Brandon Dillon um, some years ago, Teamster Strike in Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids Gravel Strike. Um, I know he supports workers. And uh, maybe he would be a good contact to pull some of these Democrats back into line where they're supposed to be with labor. Um, I know he does have a Facebook page. Um, I'm not, I don't. I don't know if it can be posted to, but I know it certainly can be messaged. And uh, maybe our workers should uh, be contacting Brandon and letting him know that uh, we don't support stabs. Or people that hire scabs. Amen. That are supposed to be our friends. Yeah. Brandon's a good contact. Remember, he's elected by the convention floor. As well. I'll bring his um, Facebook page and link to our page. Okay. Sure. Um, then I want to talk about uh, the local nine members down in uh, South Bend, Indiana. Um, we know that uh, currently they have unemployment benefits, and those are going to be uh, running out pretty soon in November. Um, after these benefits run out, um, will these workers, Leroy, receive strike pay from the OAW? Um, this is a lockout situation, not a strike. Um, what is Dennis Williams' position going to be in regards to these workers with strike pay continuing their insurance? Well, they're locked well I out. can't speak. I, I can't speak for what Dennis Williams might do. Uh, there's, with the strike and defense fund that it's now called, uh, and they had to reorganize it for uh, some reasons uh, that we won't go into. Uh, but the strike and defense fund has wide latitude now. It's not necessarily used only for strike benefits. Uh, so... The International Executive Board, under the leadership of the fine Dennis Williams, president of the UAW, member of the International Executive Board, can do just about what they want with that fund. As it's now named, it's not necessarily just for strikes. They made that change for other reasons. And they've expanded the purpose of that fund now. I would expect that the International Executive Board take a real hard look at giving these 300 members and the members in Spring Island, New York, also strike benefits when their unemployment runs out. But that's my opinion. I would hate to see them get isolated like uh, Billy Robinson, people did at his local for Freightliner. That's so we don't know what they're going to. Yep, we don't know what. Go ahead, David. Um, we know what happened to Billy Robinson and Jackie Wright. Um, that was a sanction strike. They were taken out on strike, and the numbers 
continue to um, uh, decline the offers that they were given. And when uh, the UAW president at the time, Steve Jokic, um, he pulled their straight benefits, shut off their health care. When Billy asked what his members had been done, had done to um, have this done to their members, he responded, they want the first local union that it had happened to, and they want the last. I certainly hope that Dennis Williams won't repeat history and leave these local nine workers to fight alone, like Steve Jokic did, um, Billy Roberts. Not only did they have their strike benefits pulled, their health care shut off, and the friendly administration was brought in to take over as local. So that's where I'm at with that, Leroy. And that well, I, I, to do know, the right thing. Yeah, I would, I would admonish Dennis Williams to do the right thing as well. I mean, you know, we as an organization, the UAW, have people out there trying to organize. In other words, get them to come into our union. And if they're looking over there through binoculars at South Bend, Indiana, and seeing what's going on over there at a 300-person local union that has been locked out with little or no support or plan of action from the Solidarity House and may not get strike benefits and be isolated and decertified. Why in the world would anybody want to join our union if that's going on is the question. Got to stick up for our membership, not sell them out. It's just that simple. I might stand corrected on the name. I, I, as I recall, some of those people were called with. Uh, maybe I better not make any more mistakes. So it, we'll just call it accurate. Uh, the, the five people that were most involved in that, I think uh, Billy Robinson being one of those people. Uh, and we, you know, the idea that this happens all the time, you know. Uh, one of these selling items of uh, unionism is that you belong to a union and they can't just walk up to you and say you're fired if, as, as they can if you're in a non-union shop or place of employment. They can just walk up to you and say, you're, you're fired for no reason whatsoever. One of the elements of organizing is to say, if you belong to a union, they can't do that to you. And then they come along and do this here. You know, I'm, I'm researching the law. I'm not so sure that they can even have a lockout. They can have a lockout, but can they replace those workers? We're still researching that. And I'm not so sure just yet. Because the only place I can find any United States reference is from the Union Bustin Engineering Company that says they can do that. But we're still looking into it. We don't know yet. They better watch out if we find out that what I just said is correct. Because they're going to owe a lot of money. But we don't know. And it's just an opinion at this time. So, but you're right, David. How can we ask people to join our union when we're <laughs> turning them away in droves down there in South Bend, Indiana, for example? Connors Con- is another one. And yep. of course, Accurate. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I'd like to know what just did what did just take place down there. Um, we were supposed to hold a rally at that local, and that was supposed to take place between 5 and 7 p.m. And Dennis Williams showed up at 11 o'clock in the afternoon, according to the news that I read. Um, what happened between 11 and 5 that they only had um, what uh, was stated in the news is 150 participants that looked more like 
50 to 70 to me. What happened there? What did Dennis do between 11 o'clock and 5 p.m. that caused there to only be 50 to 70 people at the rally? More importantly, what didn't he... What didn't he do from the time they announced it sometime on Friday afternoon, that would have been the 30th. What didn't he do between the 30th and the 5th? Go ahead, Jeff. Question. What the hell took him so long to even show up there? He's still been on lockout since spring. And all these months later, he finally shows his face. That ain't a sign of a true leader. This asshole's got to go. Same with the regional director there. The regional director hasn't been there either, has he? We've got a staff member there probably, but, you know, where's all the support? I mean, how come the region, its own region, didn't, you know, mobilize all the local unions in the region to send up there? Mm -hmm. You get a car, two carloads from 120 unions and, you know, that turns out to be pretty good people after a while, you know. Right. You start getting right. even even eight eight out of 100 unions. You know, that's 800 people that you could get there. You know, pretty easy. You get a couple of carloads to go, even if you didn't want to get a bus. Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> See, you know, two and two aren't adding up to four in this, and it's, it's smelling to high heaven right now. Go ahead, Jeff. Finish that up. I don't mean to interrupt you, brother. It's just bad. It just shows bad leadership on Dennis's part. Not only on Dennis, whatever PT that's under them, they they should have been down there a long time ago, and not just once, but quite a few times. Now, I will congratulate for doing their part in helping those blackout members. Um, but Dennis Williams, your own your own company that you came out of went on strike earlier this year. You did nothing for them. You have done nothing for the other UAW uh, locals that have been on strike earlier here. You just he he just he sucks, and his whole team sucks. They have to go. And I want our membership to stand up, tighten that belt, and let's get going on this stuff. Guys like me who just got 29 years in, I ain't going to be around a long time. Younger folks better start listening, doing, and learning because someday you're in the captain of the ship. And we can't let this kind of shit happen on a regular basis. I mean, we could talk on for weeks on how corrupt solidarity out there on the bullshit that they pull. I can I have a copy of the Constitution that at work I have my lunchbox. I read it. So I'm I'm gonna blast them some more. They they just need to be gone. You know, and we need to get rid of AWS, two-tier. Um, we need to get the pensions back. Now, we got we need to stop doing all this um, taking money from the strike fund. That needs to stop right now. And I mean, like I said, this, this union the leadership in the team. Now, it's not to say that the union that we have to support our union, but our leadership, we can we can just go on for days complaining about what they are not doing as opposed to what good they are doing. You know, just put a piece of paper, put a pulling con, and they got to go all the way down to the regional directors you can tell 
I helped build Local 3000. I hired in that plant one of the original. Um, I know what it takes to build a union. I've been there. Not many people can say that because most of your locals have been around for 67 years. But I did. I helped build Local 3000. I've taken a lot of classes. I've read a lot of books. Just a fact, not just the UAW, but some of these other students too. Teamsters, the hell they vote off of out. All the corruption going on under his watch. Sorry, but these leadership guys, they ain't working for us. They are working for the company. And that is against the law. So, I'm sorry for the rant, Leroy, but that's, I had to get it off my chest. Yeah, that's okay, Jim. No problem. Okay. Uh, well, it's a little after eight, a couple minutes. Uh, I think uh, we're real close. Uh, David, did you have anything else to add to what you were saying? Um, yeah. I, do you feel that we should uh, expect Dennis Williams very soon get buses running? arrange for a rally down there at Local 9, and, and with our regions that were at within 200 miles of that location, he should get buses running and uh, bus our members down there. Do you think that it would be a reasonable request of Dennis Williams to do? Yeah, absolutely. And like I, you know, I said, even if they don't want to get buses, they can get a couple of cars, two or three cars with four people in them, pretty soon. You know, two hundred mile radius, and you got you got a pack of pack of folks there. And the other thing is, you know, there's a whole lot of folks on the union payroll that are making a lot of money. Okay, they can afford to put a twenty dollar bill in an envelope or a check and send it down to that local union. I'm talking about the leadership of the local unions, bargaining committees that are not on an equalization of hours sheet and they get to work every hour that's worked in their facility, in their district, other people. Some people at larger local unions are making almost... International staff wages, $500 less than international staff wages of leadership. You know, a phone call down to those local unions saying, hey, you know, we're asking you to contribute down there. You figure out what you think is fair, but send something down to them. This is what we need to do to keep these people viable. So... That that's something else, you know. They're going to need money. Besides what they might give them out of the strike fund, you know, they're going to need some money. They just you're going to have somebody that needs utility bill paid, in addition to the strike fund, you know, where they used to make an X and they're only getting half of that now. You know, some of those people need to have a little help, so. You know, where's that coming from, from the leadership? That used to happen. Hey, everybody, go, you know, donate to X, Y, or Z. Political candidate or, you know, somebody in trouble. When Caterpillar was having problems, we're all asked to donate. All of us. So I I just think that there's lack of leadership there. David, and you hit it right on the head. Let's get some buses. And if you really don't want to spend the money for buses, just, you know, give a little gas money out to some folks and and uh, send them up there. Have a real rally. Not not somebody that, that the picture looked pretty sad that I saw. So I don't know who all spoke, but they needed to have a whole lot more folks there. They just did uh, we were able to get we were able to get thousands of people to our state capital um, during the right work fiasco. 
Um, I think we can get some buses running to um, South Bend, Indiana as well. Yeah. Huh. And some money flowing down there. Yeah. We talked about that before. Okay. Uh, anything else, David? Yeah, I could talk all day, but we'll go ahead and uh, wrap her up. Okay. We're about, and Jeff, you, you're good? Or you got anything else to add? I'm good. No. Okay, brother. All right. So uh, that's it for tonight's show. Everybody, thank you, listeners, for listening in. We hope you found value in this show. If you did, please tell just one more person about our show so they can listen in either live Sunday evenings at 7 or by podcast throughout the week. You can find those on Stitcher and on workingforaliving.com. Uh, so we appreciate everybody listening. Thanks uh, to all of our members around the nation. Uh, we'll go through this real quick. Brook Park, Ohio, Flat Rock, Jeff's Plant, uh, Tonawana, New York, Lordstown, Flint, Pontiac, Detroit, Bedford, Indiana, Lansing, Toledo, Ohio, Chicago, Kansas City, Fairfax, Kansas, St. Louis, Wentzville, Missouri, Arlington, Chattanooga, Doraville, Georgia, Santa Cruz, California. Good luck with your agreement out there, you folks, all that you see there. Uh, And everyone else around the country and the world, especially our listeners in Mexico and Canada, Thanks, Canada, for listening, and we know you were in there uh, liking a lot of the Facebook stuff tonight, so we thank you very much. Uh, Good luck to all our brothers and sisters at Local Union 9, Local Union 2250, and Local Union 5810 as they work on their local agreements and those around the world, around the country that do, others that we may have missed. Good night, everybody. Stay safe through the coming week, and uh, thanks, listeners, and good night, David and Jeff. Have a good night. Good night. Good night, guys.